Hey, it's Haley from the future here. I wanted to pop in really fast and let you know that this is a very old episode of mine. So please keep that in mind whenever you are listening. Please go ahead and check out some of my newer episodes because I have a ton of equipment now and I have editing software now and everything has improved quite a lot since the time of recording this episode. I have found that a lot of my negative reviews come from my older episodes, so please just keep that in mind. I am aware of the problems in these episodes, and I truly was doing the best I can. I was just recording on my iPhone, and I was editing from my phone as well, and it just really was not a great process for creating a super high-quality and produced podcast. So thank you so much for the grace that you're going to give me. I hope you enjoyed this episode and please go ahead and listen to some of my newer episodes as well. Hi everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Doe Identify podcast. My name is Haley and I am so happy that you are tuned in here with me. I have been getting a pretty big increase in listeners lately and an increase in followers on uh, Instagram. And so I am so excited that all of you are here. It makes me very happy that we're getting one person closer every single time to identifying at least one John or Jane Doe. And even if I don't cover a John or Jane Doe, I hope that all of you can kind of use my podcast to be inspiration for you to go ahead and look at some John or Jane Doe's if you have any missing family members or friends that you haven't heard from in a long time. So today I'm going to be covering a John Doe who really doesn't have a nickname yet. Sometimes they do have nicknames, um, usually depending on their county. But for the sake of this episode, I'm going to be calling him the Des Moines John Doe because that is where he was found. So on November 26, 2019, which was Thanksgiving, around 9.12 p.m., a man was struck by a car at the intersection of Southeast 14th Street and Watrous Avenue. He was taken to Mercy One Des Moines Medical Center, and he unfortunately died right after arriving. This man did not have any identification on him and police tried to do a fingerprint examination and they said that they also did some forensic means, whatever that means, Um, but they did make some effort to go ahead and identify him, but all of those um, attempts failed. According to the medical examiner, he was probably in his 60s and he was on the shorter side. He was 5'8" and he was about 150 pounds so he was a little bit lighter and a little bit shorter and he unfortunately has no distinguishing scars marks or tattoos on him which definitely can complicate things it's always helpful whenever you know a jane or john doe has tattoos or something um and in this case he unfortunately did not and i added the image that detective tim brown from the pleasant hill police department drew of him and i think it's a really great picture it's definitely not a picture like other images that they release of jane and john does it seems to be pretty vivid um and as you can see in the picture he has bright blue eyes he has some gray hair He has kind of a larger nose and he has very thin lips and his teeth look to be a little bit crooked. So as I mentioned, he was involved in a car accident and unfortunately it was a hit and run, 
But fortunately, a man named Lim Balchul. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I feel like I have this issue every single episode. Um, but he was charged with leaving the scene and causing an accident resulting in the death of this John Doe. And he also had no insurance on him, which was likely the reason why he ran away. And someone did a really great thing and left an anonymous tip about who this man was involved in the accident. And that is how they could prosecute him and found him guilty of killing this John Doe. And obviously it was an accident, but you know, if you did the right thing and called the police, maybe this John Doe would have been able to survive or something, or, you know, he would have been able to tell someone his name. Um, and so it's just always really important to, you know, call who you need to call, even if you are in the wrong. Kind of getting into the theories, the Des Moines Police Department posted on their Facebook about the case along with his image. And there were so many comments of really sweet people saying prayers. I hope we can use his DNA. Um, and then there were some other people kind of throwing out like who they think it looks like. And I'm unsure if the police are investigating these tips or not. Um, I certainly hope that they are. One woman did mention that he looked a lot like a sexual predator in the area and that it could have been him. And I did look at the images and they do look pretty much exactly alike. If you were to tell me that that was the man, um, I would totally believe you. But the problem with that theory is since this was a prosecuted sexual predator and he was in like an offender's list, um, I'm going to say with almost complete certainty that they have his fingerprints on file um, since he had been convicted in the past. And so I just really doubt that it was him. But other than that, there's just a few names being thrown out there. If you're from the Des Moines area, I would go ahead and look up that Facebook post. It's not too far down at this point since this only happened in November. Um, and I believe the Facebook post was in December, if I'm remembering correctly. So yeah, it's not too far down or anything. Um, and I would just kind of look through the names, look at the picture, um, and look at the information that they are releasing and definitely come forward to the Des Moines Police Department. And people with information are asked to call 515-283-4811 if they have any information that can help identify this John Doe or if they know who he is. So that's kind of it for this case. All of the information that I could find were through news articles and the Des Moines Police Department. I did look at NamUs to see if there was any information about him on there and I couldn't find anything, but obviously I did get my information from the police department directly, so I do trust that source. But yeah, that's kind of all that I have for you all on this case. Unfortunately, it, it is a shorter one, but with how recent it was, and with it kind of being in just like this residential area on Thanksgiving, I would think that he would be identified by now. Um, like it kind of seems like he was leaving a dinner party or something on Thanksgiving. And so I definitely wanted to cover his case and I also hadn't covered a John Doe in a while. So that's why I went ahead and did this one. I'm always up for covering smaller cases that are less known because there's probably a bigger chance that they will be identified if you think about it because the more popular cases, the more eyes are on the case and the more people who have had a chance to identify them, if that makes any sense at all.
so excited to announce that Chewy has partnered with me to bring this week's podcast episode to you guys. And the reason I'm so excited is because I have personally been using Chewy to supply my dog, Ranger, with food for over three years, which is way longer than I even thought about having a podcast. And so I personally love Chewy here. And the reason I love it so much is because they have such a wide selection of products. They have products for just about any type of pet you could possibly have legally. And they have a great program called the Auto Ship Program. And with Chewy's Auto Ship Program, you can set up a schedule for your pet's food, treats, or whatever you want to give them every single month to come straight to your door without you even having to place the order yourself. And you can even pick the frequency it comes. So for example, we get it every three weeks because that is how long it takes for Ranger to go through his food. And because I love AutoShip so much, I wanted to give my listeners a chance to try it out themselves. And so when you use the link in my description, you can get 30% off your first AutoShip through Chewy. And I think you will see why I have been using AutoShip for my dog Ranger for over three years now. It's just the easiest thing and now you get to try it for 30% off. So now I'm going to go ahead and get into the Mostly Harmless update. I'm really excited about this update. So long story short, we do have a name for him. His name was Vance Rodriguez and he was an IT employee in New York and he had family in Louisiana. And if you remember my podcast episode about him, this is what everyone expected. And speaking of my podcast episode about him, I definitely recommend looking at it because I think it's a great example of what can happen if everyone sticks to the facts and if everyone just kind of sets aside any speculation i think it definitely leads to people getting identified much faster um so yeah this is just a really great example of that so be sure to go ahead and listen to that podcast episode but through the police's investigation, they learned that Vance Rodriguez set out to hike the Appalachian Trail in 2017, and he had spent several months hiking south towards Florida from New York, and it was his goal to do it without any digital devices and only paper, as we knew from what was found on him. And the case ended up getting solved because a former coworker of Vance saw his image online. And so they reached out to the police department to provide his name and images of him um, from before he passed away and before he started hiking. And then the Collier County Police Department then contacted the Lafayette Parish County Sheriff's Office and made contact with his family. And then the family did agree to provide a DNA sample to compare and Autherm made a positive identification. If you remember from my podcast episode, that was who was testing his DNA and actually found that he did have family in Louisiana. One article by Nicholas Thompson from Wired said that Vance had tried to kill himself before and that was the reason for the huge scar on his stomach. And so that is just absolutely heartbreaking and it may provide some insight into why he ended up dying and his old roommate was interviewed by Thompson and she said that he would only eat once per day on an everyday basis he would just have like a frozen dinner 
type thing like maybe a pizza or one of those like frozen lasagnas that you can heat up so he would only eat once per day and then he also had periods where he would just be immobile and he just wouldn't like leave his bed or couch and he would refuse food and human contact for i believe the article said about a week on end but then normally he would snap out of it thankfully um, but yeah, so that was pretty normal from, for him according to his roommate. And I do want to say that two women have come forward and claimed that they were emotionally and physically abused by Vance Rodriguez. And to me, it, from what the roommate said, him, his roommate was a very close personal friend of his, as most roommates are and kind of described him and to me I am no psychiatrist I do have um you know my own mental health stuff along with many of my family members and so I definitely know a lot about mental health disorders and to me and I don't want to diagnose him but just based on everything it sounds like he was either bipolar had depression or even bipolar depression um just by the way they described him having really serious ups and really serious downs where he just like would stop eating. It just sounds like Vance did not know how to control his emotions and he would either block everyone out or he would react in a violent manner towards his romantic partners, which is obviously a horrible thing to do even if you do have a mental illness at that point. It is definitely time for you to go and get help. It's not an excuse to hurt the people around you, even emotionally. It's just really not fair to do to people. And so I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just trying to, you know, give my listeners some more insight into why this death may have happened and how he was already emotionally and physically abusive to others and he just wasn't in a great state. And so with all of that being said, it's speculated that he killed himself in one of these immobile periods. His close friends said that when they hadn't heard from him since 2017, they thought it was just a long period of isolation, which was very normal for him. He would just like block people out for weeks on end. And one of his friends said, and I quote, I know that when he had to deal with anything, he would just lay down and sleep. I feel like that's what happened. He would ignore problems and sleep until it was gone. And I can't help but like speculate myself. You know, maybe he felt guilty about what he put other people through or maybe he just, you know, got really low and he got really down and he didn't want to move and he didn't want to sleep and he didn't want to eat. You know, since one of his friends said that that's a possibility, that has to kind of be my conclusion as well. But unfortunately, we'll probably never know. We just know that he died from starvation. But based on his eating patterns in the past, especially when he was in one of these kind of um, voids, that is probably what happened to him. But I am really happy that he has his name back, even if he, you know... It did have some um, less than pleasant experiences with people and he caused less than pleasant experience with his romantic partners. I am really happy that he has his name back and, you know, we got a little bit closer to finding out why this happened. And I... And I did enjoy seeing the way so many people banded together around him and wanted to get him 
identified but it does kind of break my heart a little bit because you know if this had happened to you know the ventura county jane doe or the walker county jane doe they would have been solved so many years ago but unfortunately they just didn't have like that band of people that the mostly harmless hiker had or Vance had. But at the end of the day, people sharing his images repeatedly all over the internet in the states that needed to see him ended up getting this case solved. And so that is absolutely wonderful. Um, I'm really happy about it. And at the end of the day, that's my goal for this podcast is to kind of be one more voice and one more... um, platform to go ahead and share Jane and John Doe's stories and so yeah I'm so happy that I am this soon into my podcasting journey that we already have someone who's been identified that makes me so happy I'm so passionate about all of these people and getting their names back and one thing I did want to say is a lot of people always say like well what happened to the family why don't they talk to the family and I think the mostly harmless case is an excellent example of the family dynamics behind Jane and John Doe's Obviously, it's not for every single one, but normally there is a family dynamic issue there. Um, He was quoted by his roommate to say, like, anytime someone brought up his parents, he would say, like, F them, which is really sad um, to have that relationship with your family. If you do want to look into the family dynamic of Vance Rodriguez, um, feel free in that Wired article. I will link it in my show notes. But yeah, it just seems like family dynamics are kind of everything or, you know, at least having close personal friends who look after you is kind of everything for people who go missing. It's just really important to have somebody in your life looking for you and why his coworkers didn't look for him. I'm not sure. It sounded like maybe he quit his job and so that's why you know, no work was looking for him. But yeah, so that is just my update on the Mostly Harmless case. Next week, I am going to be covering a Jane Doe case that I'm super excited about. Um, But be sure that you take a good look at my episode show art of the image of the Des Moines John Doe. And if you have been missing anyone in your life since Thanksgiving day, right after, you know, a Thanksgiving meal would be over at 9 p.m. And thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. And a big thank you to Chewy for sponsoring today's episode.